Hello, Francisco. Thank you for joining us today um, for another episode of On the Steps of 36. Okay, thank you, Ray. So we're going to jump right into the questions. Um, and the first two are quite general. Um, so what is your full name and date of birth? Uh, my full name is uh, Francisco Adriasola Carvalho. And date of birth is uh, the 19th of October, 1982. Mm, my parents' anniversary, Octo October 19th. Oh, wow. um, number two, um, do you have a nickname or do you still use a nickname? Uh, no, like everyone refers to me as uh, Fran Francisco, and, and it's a it's a funny one because in in the UK it's rather kind of like Francesco or Francis or Frank or something right. like that. But in Chile, uh, some family members call me Fran or Pancho. Okay, <laughs> and Pancho comes from? Well, Pancho is. is Spain from for Francisco okay. like the the Franciscos in in Spain it's a Spanish name okay. uh, they would call it but my mother hates it so, so no no one is allowed to call me Pancho mother <laughs> mothers don't like nicknames <laughs> um, childhood um, we're going to jump into questions about uh, sort of yeah when you grew up um, so number three uh, where did you grow up I grew up in Santiago Chile. And um, I used to kind of go to school nearby uh, my parents' house, uh, but we uh, would go during the weekends to my grandparents' country house. Uh, it's more like a farmhouse, country house here is like a manor thing, it's not nothing like that. And so it's a farmhouse and I think that's where I like to think I belong to more okay. than the city. Okay. And did you do farming or is it just a house that... that was originally on farmland. Well, it's uh, it's uh, also with the farming. I, I I wasn't allowed to, but I would jump into the tractors and jump into whatever I could do. Like an amazing place to experience Very life. Nice. Sounds beautiful, know. idyllic. Yeah. Um, so in Santiago, or uh, you mentioned kind of the country house, um, but maybe we can we can shift to Santiago. Um, what was the typology of the home you grew up in? Um, I would say it's a kind of. It's this uh, kind of garden, city garden houses. Um, it's uh, it's developed in a different way than here in London. Like you would imagine, like uh, more like town, these townhouses facing the street. There you would would have like this uh, kind of city garden called um, typology of city. So uh, it's like this dwelling with uh, like independent chalet and uh, with a garden and um, it's like a neighborhood with uh, dogs and animals like it's a quite family thing right and the garden is private or shared the garden is private okay and 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 the house was not uh, too large i lived there with uh, um, my my parents and my sisters and brothers and um an interesting thing is that uh, they were always planning on how to make it larger. Like, with the, let's do this room, let's do uh, like a, a kind of second floor or uh, or this terrace or something. So I spent all my life like imagining things and uh, they never got to do anything. Right. So it all was kept in imagination. So the first start of your career in architecture then? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you kind of touched upon the next question, number five. Uh, how many uh, people lived in the house that you grew up in? Uh, we were six in total, uh, kind of four uh, siblings and um, my parents. And you are the youngest, oldest? Uh, the second one. Second one. Okay. Yeah. And are they all still in Santiago or? 
yes, actually. Well, my um, younger brother lives more towards the coast. My sisters, they lived, uh, they live in Santiago, in another part of the city. Mm. The city has grown, grown, so they've gone uh, oh. kind of to to, to the surroundings. And uh, my parents are away then. So within this house, and a bit more of a playful question, um, did you have a favorite toy as a child? I loved playing with uh, Legos and construction things, like uh, uh, before having Legos. But I think Legos were, were quite uh, um, expensive at that time. Uh, so I had a few of those and Playmobiles and uh, like figurines and things. And uh, But I had a lot of these kind of timber kind of pieces of color and uh, kind of construction things. It, I think I've been a, kind of a architectural builder like for, forever since right. I, yeah, yeah, Legos, I think, is, is a common answer because I, I would probably answer the same thing. Um, yeah. this, what, I always remember setting up like a city because I would build like the police station and the fire station. Absolutely, and absolutely. Is there a particular sort of... Um, there were also like the very technical Legos. Was there a particular one you had interested? Not a Lego itself, but the the type. No, I think I think um, the the rather simple ones because there is a thing with the kind of the scale of your imagination. Like you, uh, I I could kind of imagine a whole city uh, and then kind of be fixated in kind of uh, the interior of a room or or a house itself or a flat or something. Mm-hmm. I, I think I used to build a lot of. Um, uh, models and things for my sister's uh, kind of uh, dolls and Barbies and all the stuff. Like she would uh, come and to kind of. It's funny. I, first time I think it's just like uh, uh, having uh, like setting an office. Right. Like she would come like and ask for a house. She's, she's your first client. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first client. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually building a house for her now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very nice. And and. Um, the, did you follow the instructions on the Lego or did you create and kind of veer off? And... No, I think I never followed any instructions. Yeah. yeah, no. I was like a free thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, I, I think that's why I, I, I wasn't keen on those more technically kind right. of challenging and things and kind of constructing a, kind of a, the boat of the pirates wasn't, it yeah. wasn't for me. Right. Very nice. Um, number seven, um, shifting a little bit to um, eating, basically, and food. Were there any foods that you refused to eat um, when you were in Santiago as a young child? Yeah, I, well, no, not that much. I think uh, vegetables as a child, I think, is a more challenging one. Like uh, all sorts of beans and those things are like kind of a taste that you acquired lately, later on in life. But uh, Chilean food is amazing. And uh, there's empanadas and kind of all the kind of kind of uh, colonial classic things that you will eat in the farm. I I ate a lot, everything, yeah. <laughs> I loved and, it. And vegetables now? Do you have you? Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. Yeah, now I think it's because of you. You need to start eating them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep keep us alive. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> so. Um, Obviously, the home is very important to us when we're a child. It's kind of our safe place and, and where our family is. Um, uh, but we also leave the home occasion, occasionally um, and we all we go on trips and things, um, holidays. Is there a memorable holiday you, you had as a child? You mentioned your country home, um, but maybe something else that, that was sort of very impressionable to you as a child. Well, uh, as you know, Chile is a very long country, one of the most 
interesting aspects of it is, uh, is, is geography. So you have the desert on the kind of top northern part, and then you have the Antarctica like, uh, on the further south. Never been to Antarctica yet, but uh, kind of in the range in between, you have um, kind of these amazing places. So uh, central area, you will have the Lake District uh, and where it's like this amazing kind of uh, Valdivian jungle. Um, and um, my parents took us to one or other lake uh, every one or two years. And those memories are amazing, like having these trips with my family by car. My my father would kind of set kind of the in his station wagon, like a special cubicle with cushions and things uh, and uh, assemble something in between the kind of the luggage. Uh, which was quite fun for me. And that was my special cave because we were six and you didn't have the space in that, in one car for everyone, but uh, it was great. Now I feel like a little bit like uh, the dog <laughs> <laughs> riding on the back, but uh, it was uh, it's amazing. And, yeah. and when you were at the lake, what the... Was it warm, and did you do what did you do for activities? When uh, you were... Well, in, during the summer, it's it's, it's warmer. Uh, now it's it's far more kind of uh, warm than it used to be. Uh, it used to be kind of a, a, a little bit of a, of a rainy uh, okay. summer. Uh, my friends here in in the UK, they, they 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 say I should receive like an honorary kind of. Uh, passport uh, of the UK because I love the weather. Okay, I think, one of the few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because it, it was kind of the same, like it would be a rainy kind of uh, summer, but I loved it because uh, kind of you would swim in the lake, go fishing, kind of um, hiking in the mountains and kind of it wasn't cold at all, but uh, it's just lovely. Did you cook the fish that you ate? Uh, yeah, well, I didn't because okay. I, I think I was too small, oh, but right. we, we went, uh, like, I remember 5 a.m., like in a boat, right. um, kind of taking kind of, uh, the fishes of the lake right. and, uh, then they would, uh, someone in the kitchen would prepare it, right. you know, myself, but, uh, quite good salmon, salmon. like trout. Oh, really? Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And the barbecue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, excellent. Um, okay, we're going to go uh, more to your, let's say, career um, and, and work um, away from, from childhood, but obviously your childhood probably influenced what you do now, as you discuss with Legos. Um, question number nine is sort of how would you describe what you do? Um, well, it's funny that you mentioned it's like uh, the childhood relationship because, uh, yeah, I, I, I've come to understand that this uh, kind of, there's so many things that related to kind of being kind of child on the way that you discover things and um, this is an uh, everlasting ever learning um, kind of profession um, and we keep discovering things and we keep changing past so kind of I don't like to kind of uh, like the kind of setting of, of a way to do things um, I've I've uh, I studied architecture and then uh, kind of moved into construction uh, within architecture, obviously. Um, then did the design and make, which is kind of timber research and timber construction. But then coming back to Santiago, I did um, a curator, uh, a diploma in curatorship, which brought me back to the AA uh, for the exhibition I did last year. And um, then 
kind of studied another diploma on engineer in timber technologies because I wanted to kind of start building something there. Mm. So you keep moving and uh, I'm married to a landscape and landscape designer. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of landscaping. And um, so I think that's the way to enjoy it in, in, in kind of indifference to kind of past architects that they would kind of focus on a very specific um, target. And um, I, I, I know I, I'm, I feel I'm more like a freelancer in the wow. kind of in this uh, kind of activity. And it yeah. seems quite multidisciplinary in, in how you approach practice and and what you do. I mean, obviously you have diff- degrees in much different kind of disciplines, but all maybe within within the world of of design and, and architecture. And and so do you do you do they feed off of each other? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, all the time, all the time, all the time. I, I feel I'm I'm coming back. And revisiting kind of things I've I've I did on the past and kind of uh, what I like is I'm I'm 40 years old and so and I've done a few things I've built already which is quite lucky because uh, there's a few of us that uh, get gets to build uh, buildings actual buildings and um, I I guess there's the kind of the, the exploring kind of uh, kind of um, way of being an architect that I that I like mm. that I, I don't know what's going to happen next and mm. maybe next year I come back to the UK or maybe I go somewhere else or maybe I stay in Chile and go to the south yeah and and that's why that yeah. that openness and flexibility always allows for careers to take different kind of trajectories and and paths that are quite unexpected so i think it's quite important to keep that that mind open yeah um obviously when we're growing up we typically have uh, an idea of maybe something quite specific we want to do um uh, doctor lawyer architect um obviously you're talking about something much more like say hybridized um so question 10 is did you always know you what you wanted to do when you grow up or has it it seems like it's evolved over time, but but so what what was the starting point for you? Well, I I have this this um, this relationship with architecture uh, that comes from within the houses where I uh, lived as as a child. I I was very curious all the time, and um, my grandmother, uh, the one of the farmhouse, I used to go. Um, she was uh, kind of very, she had 50, 50 grandchildren and um, she would kind of pick some, some of them and I was a lucky one and um, teach them things like probably we were keen or, or some sort of affinity. Uh, she would turn around the, the tables or turn around the chairs and she would point at things that they were important of the manufacture of uh, kind of a, a chair or a table uh, to take the drawers of the kind of uh, um, and show me things that um, I think she was pointing kind of uh, the way of doing things. Um, so it's not that much as uh, I was fixated of being an architect. I was like kind of trying to understand how to make things. Uh, and I think that was the starting point of something seems yeah. seems like she was providing you attention to detail as well yeah mm. yeah yeah mm. so, yeah certainly mm. 
And in terms of the idea of making things, um, obviously to make things we need tools and that can range from a pen or a pencil to machinery. Um, and so what are the sort of most important tools do you work with on a daily basis? Um, well, very old school uh, paper and pen. And I, I love doing models. Um, so I, I really believe that our hands have their own way of thinking. And um, so I like, I, I would love to sketch and kind of do more models than I actually uh, can afford, uh, my time can afford, but um, that's my starting point always. And then, well, we started designing with the AutoCAD at university. Right. So that's kind of the, the way kind of, I, th I think like in my generation, kind of in general, they, we do that. And then we go on to Revit or kind of all the, because basically we, we need to deliver this to cli clients and right. we need to kind of, kind of produce. So yeah, I would love mm. it to be kind of more kind of uh, glamorous, but uh, it's, uh, it, that's the kind of the, the setting tools that I, that I use. I, it would be great to be back at Hook Park and kind of having all those tools and, uh, yeah. but it's not, it's not the, yeah, yeah it's, reality of it. it's a, it's a, you know, you, you were there for about a year, I assume, or, or 18 months. And yeah, it's a beautiful place to be out in, you know, the A Design Make program and, and seeing and working in the forest and seeing all kind of the possibilities of the tools that, that we can work with and build with. Um, I know there's quite a shift because I'm, I'm like you. I build models, but I do it with exacto blades and cutting mats and paper and cardboard, et cetera. And it's a different way of thinking now than when students now think about how to build. And it always relates to a machine often like a yeah. CNC, et cetera. Uh, so there is something about kind of making with your hands that I think is quite important, um, but but being lost slightly. And, and, and the... Yeah. The logics behind cutting. I, I teach at uh, in a first year diploma in, in Santiago, and um, I, I'm always like uh, trying to make them think of the logics behind making cuts. Like right. trying to make like a model. We are now working with models of paper, models of um, um, clay, and um, of uh, wire. Like. So kind of what's are, what are the logics of behind making that model? Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah and how things go together as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've painted a picture of the tools you work with and can you visualize for us through words um, the space that you work in on a regular basis? Yeah, well, um, it's, a, it's a kind of my office. Uh, I share my office with uh, my partner, who is a landscape designer and another architect. Um, the um, the most characteristic thing is that the 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 the, the red floor okay. is completely red, and the walls are grey and white, and uh, there's a lot of plants. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of plants, right. so that's kind of the general kind of. Uh, and now we have a. A little cat. Okay. Also, <laughs> and which, the cat's name? Uh, yeah, Nube. It's Nube. like cloud. Cloud, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is she white? White cat. <laughs> gray. Gray. Okay. Gray and white. Gray, gray cloud. <laughs> you like the rain, so yeah. gray cloud. And and red uh, red floor. Is that was that there when you when you sort of took it, the place? Or it was it? it was there, but that was uh, what drawn me there. Okay. Yeah, it was a special a special like uh, yeah. yeah. And and do you have nice views from the office or is it? 
Um, it's like a city city view, but okay. the, the the building is it's quite interesting. It's uh, done by uh, um, a kind of rather known architect um, in Santiago uh, named Klotz, and very thin. Okay, and uh, it's twelve thirteen uh, stories. And um, it's quite it's quite different. I I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Um, so going to a more technological question, you mentioned sort of things like Revit and AutoCAD and how we have to rely on technology. So question number thirteen um, asks basically if there is an app on your phone that you can't live without. Well, um, yeah. Well, sadly, it's a, it's a kind of uh, ways. Okay. which helps you driving. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, uh, well, I have a bicycle and try to use it, mm. but um, I have to move by car in Santiago because uh, this kind of transportation thing, is it's a mess. And I have a kind of a tight schedule, so the easiest way is kind of driving a car, and then you have to have these kind of ways uh, to tell you what to do right. <laughs> not be stuck in traffic all day <laughs> and and how does ways differ um i don't drive in the uk um, yeah I'm, I'm from the us so I, I i have a lot of experience driving but um why why ways over like google maps as an app Is uh, it- because because uh, I don't know if something of the Santiago of the city, but uh, apparently it's more it's m- more connected with kind of the actual kind of live uh, traffic. Right. Uh, it tells you if there's incidents and yes, sort of thing, yeah. I guess it's something that uh, works while there's a lot of users using it, so it's reporting kind of a lot. So you can input basically if there's yes. an incident or anything. Exactly, like this. exactly. So it's, it's like real time data. That's yes, that's, totally. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's quite frightening, but also helpful. I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, continuing with technology, we'll shift to question fourteen. Um, if there was one technological device that you can invent, what would it be? So I guess the the thing with the inventions is that you need to have a problem from for them. So it's kind of I feel it's kind of difficult to kind of just. Um, try to answer it with, without having a problem per se. Um, but I, I guess I, I would love some something that would um, help me. I don't know, picking food. Uh, <laughs> and cooking is <laughs> because the kind of the actual machines that they are supposed to do that they kind of uh, are sitting in, that, in my kitchen uh, without cooking anything. So you want like a robot who cooks your food? Basically. Yes, that yeah. would be amazing, and yeah. maybe shop shop it also. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you've seen the, the, this being like these refrigerators that they, they can a- actually do the list kind yes. of and send it to the kind of the, yeah. the supermarket. Yeah. But I guess. That's something that would kind of help in my house because we are always fighting who for who is going to cook. Okay, you, uh, did you ever watch the Jetsons, the, the cartoon? Yes, they amazing. Had, they had Rosie the maid who cooked all the meals. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you, need, you need a Rosie. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're going to shift away from work and uh, uh, or how you work to architecture, um, building uh, the built environment in the city. Uh, question number fifteen is: uh, Where do you live now? Uh, which we discussed, Santiago. Yes. Yes. Uh, maybe is there an area in Santiago that you specifically live in? Well, I, I live in in uh, Providencia, which is a borough, kind of. Uh, uh, 
it's like in city, it's, um, some people would say it's city center. Um, other people would say it's like uh, the principality. So it's like Luxembourg, like something like in the right. middle of everything. And okay. it's very well connected. And actually you can uh, go walking everywhere. And uh, it's quite it's quite nice place to stay. Actually, uh, Ingrid Schroeder keeps an apartment there. Very, yes. <laughs> very nice. Um, it sounds like a wonderful place. It, and it, is um, Santiago in general a walking city or, or is it? Um, it's just that area or... Yes, well, it's quite large. So uh, Providencia is kind of near to Santiago city center, mm. which is called also Santiago. And, uh, but it's as large as London, mm. like uh, kind of the whole kind of metropoli. Okay. So yeah, there's obviously parts I don't know. Right. I've never been to. Right. Um, and question number 16, if, if, I was visiting Santiago or when Ingrid comes to visit Santiago. <laughs> um, is there one hidden kind of space or building that isn't, let's say, off the beaten path that you would recommend uh, that we, we go look at? Yes, uh, uh, I think definitely the uh, monastery of uh, Las Condes. Uh, it's a building that was built by the monks, two monks, architect monks, in the 50s. Okay. And it's just absolutely breathtaking. Wow. It's, it's, it's like two uh, concrete cubes that kind of encounters one with the other. It's totally white and its light is everything that inhabits it. And it's sitting on top of a small hill, um, kind of in a borough of Santiago. And it's just like this amazing, peaceful space in the middle of the city. It's just wonderful. I've, I've never seen anything like it everywhere else. That sounds lovely. Do you go often to visit? It seems quite uh, like a respite, a sanctuary I, in the city. Yeah, I I haven't been there uh, in the... I think I was last last year I, I went there. Okay. And um, But growing up, I, I used to go there. Actually, probably sometime I, I've wondered if what would be like to be a monk. Right. But yeah. uh, <laughs> did you ever consider being a monk? <laughs> just, just not really, just, no, not yeah. really. But uh, <laughs> maybe for the building. Right. But uh, yeah. so, um, obviously, as architects, designers, um, we're constantly being inspired by different buildings, um, projects, landscapes. Um, is there one that currently is inspiring you quite a bit? Uh, that you can talk talk about. Um, it can be in Santiago or beyond. Yeah. Well, um, there's there's well obviously several things that uh, I really kind of like and enjoy. And um, I think what we've what we have here in Hook Park, uh, all of those structures are really inspiring in kind of our kind of work. Uh, obviously, it's difficult to kind of have the uh, freedom that Frey Otto had kind of to develop all those structures. But then uh, we can uh, some in some sort kind of project with some sort of details or right. detailing kind of an encounter of pieces. Um, and that's that's an amazing kind of aspect of uh, Hook Park. Um, I also like a lot what Cheaperfield's done at the in Berlin, okay, uh, kind of hold the recuperation of um, of um, 
buildings in kind of the the the, the news museum and all kind of kind of 50s and kind of late uh, like 20th century structures that are kind of reused and rebuilt i i think i think um future our future children grandchildren and the people to come they will enjoy more kind of these kind of uh interventions of these kind of ways of saving kind of uh, structures and buildings that talks more about the history of the city than the kind of the new buildings that we can build um so i think visiting the news museum or visiting uh there's there's another one in in santiago which is called the uh, palazzo palazzo pereira um which has been uh, recently re recovered and kind of now is reused by kind of the uh, museum and archive um um uh and cultural ministry of uh, the government and it's quite amazing because they are given a new uh a new life and and buildings that were kind of almost uh going to be torn down kind of now are most of most of them like the the kind of biggest uh, attraction point of architecture in those cities because they're two quite different you know um, for our listeners uh hook park is our the aa's um campus in dorset uh where the design and make program uh resides um and units go out there uh, to use the workshops one designed by friato um and um it's interesting because that's kind of building from the land and from the forest and mm. using wood and uh pushing kind of the boundaries of, of wood um, fabrication and technology um and then kind of thinking about as you say the reuse of buildings and there's something quite environmental about both approaches but they're they're quite different um uh and there is the news museum is quite beautiful in the sense that it's about removal uh in a way um while keeping you know, the existing structure, but removing certain aspects to allow us to see the structure and the materiality. Precisely, um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's quite, uh, I like kind of the juxtaposition of those two approaches, but even though there's there's that interest in in sort of preservation, whether it's of the wood, of forest, et cetera, of, or of existing buildings. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's a good kind of link to our to our next uh, question because you talked about kind of, as we say, preservation, um, but we also know while we talk about architectural being permanent or having a per sense of permanence, it's also quite temporal. So there's a lot of projects out there that we all have studied um, and loved in, in our sort of history lessons. And so question number 18 um, talks about, is there a project that you could visit um, that if you could visit that no longer is, exists, um, which would that be? Um, well, um, I did with the AA a uh, visiting school in Naples. Okay. Um, molding matters. And um, we would set to go and wander around the city, kind of reading this language of the moldings. So moldings, they were kind of separated in two kind of uh, aspects, like the ones that then enhance the architecture of the building and the ones that tell the story. So uh, we visited a lot of different places and I was fixated with kind of the narrative of these ornaments and what happened with these buildings that kind of, of these ornaments that would disappear and how um, 
kind of a new, um, I don't know, a new king would kind of change the kind of ornaments and would kind of reinterpret kind of the uh, history of the place. Um, so it, I, I think it's not there like an, an actual building I would kind of love to visit. It's like I, I'm more keen of what's the new things that would come from kind of the dis disappearance and this new kind of mixes. A, li a little bit like the news museum in Berlin. Right. You know? Yeah. So I think, yeah. Mm. That's, that's a nice interpretation of the, of the question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it talks about sort of more how potentially these moldings or objects create a history as well, um, which um, obviously is a constructed kind of vision or image of, of a building. Um, that you you construct in your own head almost, yeah. Um, which is a history. Um, so now I kind of want to paint a picture. You have the opportunity to go on a, a journey around the world, um, go to any country you want to go to, uh, countries. Um, but what vehicle or type of transportation would you want to travel in? Well, definitely, I would would go about like like sheep or like a sheep or vessel or something okay. and uh, if it would come with a submarine also it would be great okay yeah but definitely by water by water yeah and is it is see a yacht sailboat like what what sort of no i'm terrible i i, I get seasick okay and and i i actually <laughs> don't like it okay like, uh, but i i guess it's the best way to travel yeah. i i'm I'm. I love water, and uh, and it's 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 silly because I get seasick. But uh, I think I can take a pill, and I would love to kind of um, learn how to uh, maneuver any kind of vessel. Right. But I I, I don't. Right. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. But it's this thing that I I love how kind of the coast, kind of the approach. Right. to some to some place like uh, and uh, all the artifacts that mm. you will use kind of um to to f discover yeah to say and yeah. it's also a, a return to sort of how the world was discovered how places where the land was yeah, discovered and absolutely. i agree that approach to the to the port is is quite a fascinating kind it's of fascinating entry thing. yeah yes and i i never done kind of cruise lines or things because I, I, I'm kind of, I, I, I take some distance from that. But um, the approach to the city, to the port is, uh, right. yeah. And the submarine, obviously, that means you have an interest in, in the, in the underneath. Is Definitely. It, is, it, is it just the unknown or is it, is it, is it sort of marine life? What's the, is it the landscape underneath? Well, I guess, I guess that, that um, we are very much on the surface of earth. And uh, we are very kind of uh, keen on what we see. And I, I find myself like very drawn to kind of um, what's, what lies beneath in a way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's sort of the romantic aspect of water, I believe. Um, uh, and is, is there something about that sort of mystery that, that draws you to want to travel around the world in, in a ship? Yeah, yeah. I guess the... Um, 
Well, the presence of the ocean in in Chile it's it's very kind of massive. Exactly. We yeah. have, we have five thousand kilometers of coast, right? And the Pacific Ocean, uh, where it meets with the uh, South uh, American coast, is uh, quite aggressive. Mm. Um, so I think it has always struck me as something dangerous, and, and I'm not say, saying that. Uh, I'm drawn to danger or anything, yeah. but uh, I'm drawn to discoveries. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I think if my husband would, was hearing this, he would be right. laughing okay. because <laughs> I am a safe kind of <laughs> fellow. Right. But, uh, <laughs> so, and to to discover, you have to take risk. No? Yes, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, um, so you mentioned with. Uh, you're building a house for your sister. Um, and obviously in architecture, and uh, this is question number 20, we're always dealing with materiality and materials. Uh, is there one material that you absolutely will not use on your sister's house that you think is really ugly and you despise in, in, in the built environment? Uh, we, we, we were having this discussion with her because uh, kind of we, we've grown opposite okay. um, because I I I I I really uh, it's not like a material itself like it's the finishes right um, so I, I would say like secondary kind of uh, materials and I'm more keen of just showing the bare truth right. of the material and she's more of uh, like hiding kind right. of everything with uh, kind of uh, different palettes of colors and different kind of um, I don't know tiles and marbles and things right. so I, I i have nothing against the marble or ties or uh, tiles or or paint but uh, it's the mixture right. which is where it becomes a problem and it becomes a problem for me where when you are kind of uh, hiding something or kind of uh, i kind of i really enjoy um kind of the raw uh yeah. rawness of the the material itself right. so that house has concrete um, components mm. and uh, you can see kind of the timber of the um, um, how do you call it the the wood studs the, yeah yeah exactly yeah so it, you're channeling a early Frank Geary sort of <laughs> approach when you look at his his um, his wood stud houses and and I was in LA with my students and we went to his gallery in LA that he did in I think the 70s and it, it was same concrete with wood studs. It was really beautiful the way the light was pouring in, and you could see all that rawness. And the wood was, bit, um, yeah, actually quite right. rough, um, and Sorry. it was really, really striking. Yeah. All right, um, so we're going to shift to um, they're called cultural questions, but they're more of sort of your uh, enjoyment in the city and and sort of how you live your life. Um, so question number 21 is, what's your favorite restaurant in Santiago? What would you recommend? Um, well, this, uh, there's this bistro that's called Baco. Uh, anyone in, in Santiago will, will know it. Okay. And um, it's kind of very good price for what you get right and amazing wine list okay uh, so helpful, yes yeah. I, I would take you there absolutely okay. all right sounds delicious i look forward to it uh question 22 um kind of maybe it's at baco or it could be anywhere else um what would you consider to be your perfect meal and it doesn't have to be food it could be a setting or 
Well, definitely a nice terrace outside. Okay. And um, yeah, the, the, the food is something that I consider to be kind of secondary in a way. Right. Um, but uh, good wine, some, some jazz music perhaps, and uh, kind of a nice environment to right. spend an evening. And who's around the table with you? Uh, architect's friends, okay. probably, yes. My right. best friend from school is uh, from kind of, we know from four years old and he's still my best friend and he's an architect also. Wow. So, yeah. Do you work uh, together at all? We do some things together. He okay. has his own office, and uh, but he hires us uh, to do landscape. I okay. did the garden of his house. I uh, I'm I I bought uh, an apartment that he designed. So right. we are always uh, kind of mixing. Right. Yeah. So I know you just landed after a 15-hour flight. So yeah. bef before that, what's the last cultural sort of um, event that you took in, like a film, cinema, uh, concert? So I visited the opening of the Maria Edwards uh, exhibition. She's uh, an installation kind of art um, painter, um, Chilean. She's really great. I would love to show you her mm -hmm. work. And does she have any exhibits in Europe or is, is, is she focused on... Now she's focused in Chile, okay. but I'm sure that she will be coming anytime soon. Okay. She's really great. Okay. Hope to hope to see it, yeah. Yes. Or go to Chile, either one. <laughs> um, question 24 stays with sort of media and um, mediums. Um, if there's one film uh, that you can inhabit, uh, which one would it be? Um, this this movie that I really like, not because of what uh, what kind of happens, is um, um, last year in Marion Bat. Mm. Um, so it's this scenery in this uh, kind of dream hotel where kind of people gets lost in a way, right. and um, everyone is very dressed up in gowns. But uh, there's sort of desperation in between the passengers because they can't kind of seem to get out of it. Yeah. And um, it's this strange place where kind of shadows are different and they are to be projected. Yes. And so that's a, a real kind of trigger for me. It's a fantastic film because there's a theme kind of throughout many of your answers and, and this idea of discovery and... Uh, and in that film is very dreamlike and, and you're trying to discover how to piece together the film because the timelines are all shifted as well. Yes, exactly. Um, um, so it's it's quite a beautiful film, yeah. Um, question number 25, uh, again with media but shifting to television. Is there a show that has inspired you over the years or one currently that you're watching that you would recommend to, to our listeners to, to watch? Well, uh, the last I've, I saw was the White Lotus uh, that happens also in a hotel, which is something that also kind of inspires me right. in, in a way, hotels, like okay. the life of different people coming together by chance, you mm. know, in uh, kind of a space of time. Right. Um, that's something that uh, kind of draws me to it. And this one is quite quite good. Happens in uh, Sicily. Okay, I, I must watch. But it's interesting that you could probably put together a pretty good um, compilation of films that focus on the hotel. Um, Absolutely. You know, there's there's quite a few. Um, we should think about this. Yeah, we can we can make that list. Um, 
Going a little bit back to your childhood, probably, uh, question number 26. What's the first album that you bought? Um, I, I used to go to, to with this friend that uh, he was my best friend. He was uh, very keen on music. And so, so he uh, took me to this jazz uh, store. And I, without knowing, I bought uh, um, a CD of Charles Mingus. Okay. And um, apparently because it sounded good among my friends but i didn't know what uh, at all was i, I buying but right. uh, i kept it i kept it and i love it yeah. until today and you still yeah. listen to it yes, yes absolutely yeah and brings you back to that store absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so this one is going to leave you a bit vulnerable um but question number 27 uh which music musician or group do you secretly love um, but are a bit embarrassed to admit Absolutely a good question, and I'm still embarrassed to admit it, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I used to love kind of uh, Madonna okay. and uh, pop singers from the kind of uh, 90s, 80s and 90s, Madonna and um, Kylie Minogue okay. and um, Whitney Houston. Right. Uh, I don't know, it's like my secret right. kind of thing yeah. with <laughs> is it, female is, singers. Is it the voice or the the sort of persona? What's what draws you to them? I I I guess um I guess it's it's a mixture. It's a mixture. But uh, I think probably more like the, the person itself. I have to say that uh, Whitney Houston has an amazing voice. She does, yeah. 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 Question number twenty eight. Um is it, what album sort of means the most to you um, that you really, if if you had to pick one album to put in sort of your your phone and, and listen to it on your... I, I, I keep listening The National, which okay. I absolutely love, right. uh, that band. And uh, I recently bought um, Long Play uh, of Boxer. Okay. Yes, right. I, I really like it. Okay. I, I love it, and I in, inherited from my father. Uh, he's a long play kind of um, machine player, right. and um, with a lot of uh, classical music uh, LPs. Right. And um, I've been kind of buying some more stuff, and okay. uh, recently bought this one. And do you listen to music when you work, or is it? Do you prefer quiet? Yeah, but uh, just classical music. Classical. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. very kind of into Bach and uh, kind of Beethoven, right. Mozart, and um, Chopin. But uh, just when I'm kind of working, yeah. then if not, I get too distracted. Right. The lyrics can bring you to some some yes, other places. Yes. Okay, we're going to shift to politics. Um, we were talking a bit earlier um, about sort of current uh, or political issues and social uh, upheaval that happened in about 2018 in Chile. Um, can you expand upon that a bit? Well, um, yeah, Chile, it's it's been seen like the experiment of uh, kind of uh, political and economical growth in Latin America. And we've been seen like as very kind of smart working kind of developing country and i've often so thought that it's uh, far more complex to kind of uh, to achieve development because yes some 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 are developed and some others are not and um, so this social breakthrough kind of what kind of showed 
kind of the true uh, face of that kind of huge gap and difference in between kind of in our society. Right. And this break, this social break, uh, led to changes in um, our constitution. And I think, um, well, with, within like all the comes and goes, uh, we are now kind of entering a phase of being actually a kind of far better country and fairer for everyone. That's, so, that's yeah. good to hear. I mean, in a sense, because it's not often that constitutions change. Um, and it, w what was the process like for, for to get the constitution to change? Was it was it sort of upheaval um, or protests from, from citizens or was it government led? How, how did it? Well, the, the 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 government, the kind of central left, had have been have been had been pushing for kind of changes in the constitution, kind of for kind of ten the last ten years, and kind of the center right or the right wing where they wouldn't let it happen, and um, so it got to kind of the social unrest to kind of being led by kind of the people mm. uh, to kind of this happen and it turned it to be very violent. Right. Uh, so there was a lot of destruction, a lot of kind of riots and we spent like a month uh, with a lot of people kind of being kind of uh, hurt on the streets. It was really tough. Right. And um, but I guess it was kind of the only way, right. uh, which is kind of the, the sick um, thing, because you need to kind of, you, you you get to understand that you have to go to that point right. to kind of to to make changes, because kind of politicians and kind of the the ones in the upper part of the society, they 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 are uh, hard listeners in mm. a way. And um, how when was the constitution originally? Written in Chile. Well, this this constitution comes from dates from 1925 and was changed by Pinochet in the 1980s. Right. So, and you obviously obviously know that Pinochet was a kind of a regime, and um, and uh, so that's uh, a military regime which had a lot of um, like 3,000 deaths and. It came down uh, democratically in the early 1990s, uh, but the constitution stayed. Uh, so we 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 are now in democ democracy for the last 30 years. But the, the the constitution it's it's the same one. So that's what needs to be shifted. Right. Yeah. Well, it gives me hope that the U.S. Constitution can change <laughs> <laughs> from the three uh, yeah, articles. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Our amendments. They just. Yeah, we'll is it see. three or five? Um, I think it's just th like three, three. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But there's a couple of key ones that really need to change. Um, we'll see. Question number thirty. Um, obviously, we have a lot of turmoil in the world at the moment. Um, but if there's one sort of ill of the world uh, that you would um, like to vanish or remove from from society, what what would it be? Uh, well. I, I guess this there's this one thing that uh, bothers me. Well, obviously we, we would would start with poverty or hunger or uh, kind of the, the basis, but um, 
there's this illness, I think, of the this vanity of uh, kind of uh, admiring these uh, kind of celebrities and all these kind of kind of ways of the world that uh, kind of seems like to me like so much rubbish right. and such a distraction so for so many people and um, in a sort of way. Um, and maybe this uh, I'm 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 banishing like too many, mm. but um, I can think also of depression in so many ways. Right. I think I think that's kind of more of an illness yeah. that I think uh, manifests in so many different ways and um, affects kind of kind of everyone, the poor and the rich. Right. And the the aspect of vanity is emerging. Do you mean from like social media, et cetera? And obviously, vanity could have a link to what you're discussing about depression and and how we see definitely, ourselves. Yeah. Definitely, I think I think it's all linked. So I think the the link in between uh, vanity and depression is that uh, a lot of people are pressured to feel or look or think in in a certain way that is not authentic i think that's the that's the pressuring thing and i think maybe for students it's a good thing to keep in the minds yeah i think authenticity is the most important thing for for us as, as individuals uh, we're gonna conclude now with some quick fire questions uh 31 what's your favorite color uh, blue, deep blue. Blue, blue. okay. <laughs> uh, 32, um, of the four seasons, what, what's your favorite one? I would say autumn. Autumn. Do you have leaves changing in, in Chile? Or yes. In, yes, yeah. beautiful, no? I Absolutely. Grew, I grew up in New England, so it's, it's yeah, my favorite as well. Number 33, uh, do you have a guilty pleasure? Um, I guess my... My husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure he's happy to hear that. Um, number 34. Um, what's your most prized possession? Uh, you can't be your husband. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this, uh, this, uh, I, I think uh, my time at Hook Park. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. It's nice to see that a possession is actually a, a moment in time of your life. Um, number 35. Uh, what was your first experience of the AA? Uh, my first experience of DAA was uh, a tour around the city with um, Tony. Uh, no, I, I can't remember his name, but a tour around the city, which started here, Bedford Square, uh, ended up in Chancery Lane okay. and uh, kind of reviewing all the history through kind of the facades of the buildings. It was Very absolutely nice. amazing. And was it an AA event or was it? It was an uh, AA event for kind of new students. Okay. And um, the next day I took uh, like the river boat. Uh, with, with Hugo. Uh, yes. Yes. And yeah. that was amazing too. Yeah. 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 So your first experience was coming here as a student, more or less. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. So our concluding question, um, number 36. Could you describe the AA in one word? Universe. Universe. Very nice. That's a good conclusion. Thank you, Francisco, for answering 36 questions on the steps of the AA. You're welcome, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I feel I've discovered things about myself that I didn't know. Excellent. We've, we've discovered quite a bit about you as well. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Air AA podcasts are developed, recorded, mixed and edited by the Architectural Association from our home on Bedford Square in central London. 
To find more episodes, view the show notes and explore other Air AA series, visit air.aaschool.ac.uk.